your host, Heather. I'm back with another episode of the So She Slays podcast. And today I have Dr. Shama Matthews in here. And we are definitely going to be talking all things sexual. So if you're listening to this in the car and you got some little ones, you may <laughs> want to press pause. <laughs> Thank you for being with us. You know, Dr. Sharma, I really appreciate you coming in to talk about this because this is so intriguing to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to be here, Heather. Well, before we even get started into uh, this spicy topic. <laughs> uh, go ahead and tell me a little bit and tell their audience too a little bit about what you do. I know you are a board certified OBGYN and you also, you know, you advise a little bit uh, with playground. Right. So yes, I'm a gynecologist. Um, so I actually focus on the gynecology side of things. I don't deliver the babies. I just take care of the women. Um, and, um, I kind of, you know, take care of women of all ages for all different medical conditions, all, all different kinds of women's health stuff. And I got involved with Playground, which is a female sexual wellness company, um, co-founded by two brilliant women, um, in order to produce products, lubricants specifically formulated for a woman and kind of taking into account, um, ingredients that we would want to put into our bodies, not anything kind of toxic, nothing gross. Want to also make sure that the experience is fun, that the scents are enjoyable, that it's about the whole experience for her so that she can actually kind of take control of the pleasure aspect. Oh my gosh. Well, and let's kind of play into this playground. You, you working with playground a little bit because offline you and I were talking and it's like you're putting a lot of stuff like all, everybody knows you got like the KY jellies and like all this kind of stuff but it's like a lot of that stuff hasn't been thought about reformulated or anything like that for a really really long time so you can only imagine the types of stuff that are the ingredients in that so talk to me a little bit about playground and how they're a little different right so that's exactly it you know that's what really um, took our co-founders, um, Sandy and Catherine really into this space because they were looking at what was available out there and it's kind of gross. I mean, it's like the product, <laughs> the, the, the ingredients are stuff that like you wouldn't put in your bodies that have parabens and sulfates and all sorts of like, um, phthalates and all these other kinds of unnatural and synthetic things that you, you now, especially as more research is coming out can be pretty harmful to us. And it really hasn't, um, evolved with time. And it wasn't formulated at all with the thought of how complex our anatomy is and how, how our microbiome needs to be supported and how easily we could get things like UTIs or infections and irritation if the, if the compounds that we're introducing are not, you know, kind of in sync with our body. So they looked at that and they kind of decided to approach it from a different direction of really only using ingredients that, um, are able to support the way our natural environment should be and shouldn't throw things off. Um, but then also still have the components that you want in a lubricant, right? You want it to be um, fun and slippery and not too sticky. And you want it to be able to last um, while you're using it, not need to use a, a ton of it in order to get um, the effect that you want. And in order to make sex fun, that was the other aspect of it. That's why the name is Playground. The idea is that it should be fun and pleasure should be something that we want to engage in, what we want to have fun with, um, go, you know, explore a little bit um, and just kind of own that, right? Like sexuality, intimacy has been such a realm of like shame. And this is a way to kind of embrace it and bring it in a positive light. 
Oh my gosh. That is so, I mean, <laughs> I can't even imagine like all this. I don't even know all of this, the stuff that are in, you know, lubricants these days. So I can only imagine. I mean, I know sulfates and all that stuff, parabens, you, they're bad for you. You don't want right. them in your freaking shampoo or conditioner or anything like that. Right. So it's like, why would you want it? actually inside you <laughs> exactly that's exactly the point and the idea is that we would be so careful about how we choose exactly that right the products we use in our hair the products we use on our face why wouldn't we be just as discerning and you know um careful about what we would put inside our vaginas i mean one of the most sensitive aspect parts of our bodies i can only you know what i have to know that there has to be tons of people out there who have experienced like that burning sensation you get when you use like any sort of other lubricant or anything right. like that like look you're not gonna sit here and tell me that you have never experienced like something like that i i have experienced things like that so i'm not even gonna right. sit here and be like mm, it, it's a thing and you i mean i don't know about you but that's always like freaked me out yes. about like lubricants because right. like that is that I don't think that's supposed to happen. <laughs> right. And there's always been this negative connotation around lubricant a little bit too, right? Like the idea that, oh, something's wrong if you need it. Um, or that, you know, um it's more for your partner's pleasure, not really for you. And you know what I mean? It's it's more to make things better for them, not for you. And it should be that way. It should actually, the focus should be, hey, let's focus on what can make your experience better and just elevate it for both people. Because if you're having fun, they're definitely having fun. Right, um, I know. So that's part of it. <laughs> and sure. That's how that should be, I I would think. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I really want to talk to you about common misconceptions and like myths when it comes to having a, like a healthy sex life. I mean, we're heading into... I mean, coving season is now officially over and we're heading into the spring and the summer and like everybody's <laughs> going to be out and about. Lord knows we have the dating pool um, working out here in L.A. at least. Right. So can we address some of these common myths and myth misconceptions? Well, I mean, I think one of the most important things about any healthy sexual relationship is that, you know, both people are engaged, involved, and honest with each other. I think communication just about what you're into, what you'd be interested in trying, how, you know, how much you would like to explore, all those kinds of things should be an open sort of um, discussion between two parties. And then the thing is, I think that only enhances the experience as far as you knowing what you want and being able to talk to and, you know, kind of teach your partner about your body, right? You know it best. Yeah, um, I think some of those, the communication, I think is one of the things that a lot of times, you know, you play coy or you like, you know, fine, it's a little sexy to be mysterious. Sure. But like, it's also kind of sexy to own it and know what you want and kind of, you know, take that role in the, in the bedroom and, and take it there if that's what you enjoy. Oh my gosh. Right? We had, um, Dr. Tara on our podcast too. And she kind of said like, she's like a sex therapist and she, she was like, you would not believe how turned on dudes get when their partner is just like, this is what I want. Like, yeah. this is how to do it. Well, you kind of think, I mean, there's some assumption that your partner should know. Right. Right. But everybody's different. Right. So I don't care how many partners they've been with. If they haven't been with this particular partner, it's not going to be 
necessarily the same recipe. It's not going to be the same playbook. So, you know, by taking ownership of it and kind of directing them, you're right. That is kind of sexy. And I also will tell you that I often will encourage people to consider some self-exploration themselves, right? Self-love, figure it out, figure out what works for you, what you enjoy. Um, and then you're able to take your kind of intimate experience with a partner to another level. Right. I mean, cause like, like you said, who better to know you than you? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other misconceptions I think people get wrong when it comes to sexual health? Um, so a couple of different things. Well, one thing, let's talk about safety in general, right? I'm a gynecologist. We do a lot of testing for things like infections. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as uh, STDs are incredibly common, um, men do not often show symptoms of having them. So you could be with a partner carrying something and not know till afterwards. And often female partners are the ones that will exhibit symptoms because then will have irritation or discharge or something to clue us into something's off. Um, And a male partner may not have any of those signs or symptoms. So you have to be real careful about that. Lucky them. (laughs) Exactly. Full disclosure, you know, making sure you're getting tested, um, particularly if you are dating and, and have more than one partner. Absolutely. You know, and be open about it too. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being like, I get tested, you get tested. Like, you know what I mean? Just to be on the again, okay. full transparency. Well, how often should you get tested? Especially if you're out, out about dating. If you're out about dating, I mean, every couple of months wouldn't be a bad idea just to, you know, be kind of, especially if you're very active. Um, definitely if you have any kind of symptom, don't, I would not, um, like many times we'll have like a vaginal infection, like a yeast infection or bacterial infection, kind of know what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. And just be like, Oh, that's what it is. I'll just pick up this over the counter or, you know, drop my GYN a note and they'll send something into the pharmacy. But if you know, you've been active with partners and not necessarily, again, depending on if you're using condoms regularly or not, which I highly, highly recommend you should be using condoms regularly. But um, even if you are, they're not necessarily hundred percent foolproof. So if you know that about yourself, that you are dating around, I wouldn't ignore those symptoms or just assume they're like one of those, you know, kind of run of the mill yeast infections or whatever. I would say, you know what, drop your GYN a note and say, hey, I'd like to get tested as well. Do you mind just sending in a script or having me, you know, can I drop by to get a, get, get a culture, like get those things done. And, and m- many people aren't going to assume that about you or anything either. Right. And there's nothing negative about it. It's just you taking again responsibility and ownership for what's going on and, and being sort of uh, proactive um, about your symptoms and getting them treated before they get um, more serious. Or even like just proactive about your health when you're out and about dating. I mean, yeah. some people don't necessarily want to go to their OBGYN or anything like mm-hmm. that, or they don't have access to it. Sometimes people have OBGYNs that they've known forever. And so it's one of those things where it's like the shame aspect comes into play. Um, what, where else should people be going to get tested? And, you know, let's also address those who maybe don't have a lot of money, lower income for sure. 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 Um, well, I mean, let's not get into politics, but this is another reason why <laughs> parenthood is so important because this is exactly the population that that really reaches out to and serves, um, is being able to offer these kinds of services to everyone and anyone, right? Like, really regardless of whether they have insurance or if they are able to pay out of pocket for something. Um, But there are often clinics that serve that 
a need in most communities. Um, if you are um, on a college campus or a student or something like that, definitely your, you know, your student health center should be able to do it. Um, you know, I definitely think every woman should have a GYN or, you know, it doesn't have to be a doctor necessarily and nurse practitioners. They're wonderful, often easier to access to um, as far as being able to get in for a quick appointment. Um, if even it's not your doc necessarily, like what somebody from their team may be able to get you in sooner, but like having that relationship, if you're facing shame, by going to that doctor, you should probably be reconsidering that relationship. I mean, they're probably wonderful. And like you said, longstanding relationship, but at the same time, you want to be able to be honest about these things and you want to be able to talk about them freely and have someone support you through all of this and not be judgmental. So if you feel like that's the case, then, you know, you may want to have somebody that you trust for these specific reasons, um, you know, to be able to kind of open up to. Absolutely. Okay. Let's continue our safety talk. Um, I feel like we might be in a little bit of a health education, sexual health <laughs> education class, but I'm look, okay. Cuffing season's over. Like I said, everybody is out and about. This is a reminder. Consider this a reminder. This is your notification. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about safety. Sure. Um, so for sure, like, like I said before, condoms highly recommended um, from the perspective of being able to prevent um, the transmission of STDs, and obviously also from a contraception standpoint. Um, if you are engaging in oral sex, there's also kind of condoms for that purpose as well that you can also use because that too is another way to get certain infections as well. Um, so being proactive from that perspective. And honestly, I mean, I think it's kind of old school to kind of depend on a guy to have the condom in the relationship. Facts. Women, you need to step up. If you're not right? stepping up, you need to have some condoms at hand. Absolutely. I don't see what the problem is. I mean, it used to be for whatever reason and still is to a, a great degree for whatever reason, dependent on the man carrying them in their wallet. Like what? No. I mean, have a stack for yourself. Find ones that you like. You know, I personally think the ones that have things like spermicide are more irritating. So maybe ones that are just lubricated or have your own lubricant as well. Um, whatever it is that you need, because again, this is about your experience and your experience is definitely soured if you're worried about infections or pregnancy. So let's just get on top uh, of it. <laughs> I mean, I isn't it um, research somewhere that like if women are like, if their minds are elsewhere, they're not really like involved in what's happening. So therefore totally. you're not like totally enjoying. And this is where you probably end up leading to a lot of fake orgasms. <laughs> Absolutely. And literally that, and really that should not be the case. Right. Um, and so from a safety perspective, I think it's partly, uh, you know, it's on both parties to make sure that it's going to be a safe experience because that's also going to allow for a, more relaxed experience, an enjoyable experience where you're not worried about all the other stuff that could potentially happen, right? So kind of taking ownership of that for sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of dive deeper. Obviously, safety first, first things first, safety first. Um, what are the other misconceptions I think people run through their noggin when talking about sex and like sexual health? Um, I, I, you brought up fake orgasms. I think that's a really great one <laughs> that you need to orgasm every time. No, not necessarily. I mean, you could still have good sex and not orgasm, right? Like 
for whatever reason, some people like one partner gets frustrated that the other person's not orgasming or it's like, what am I doing something wrong? I mean, that kills the mood. Like, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to always be around that. I mean, an orgasm is a fantastic goal to try to achieve. It's a lot of fun trying to achieve it. Let's just focus on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's try to get there. Let's <laughs> yeah, it's a journey. Enjoy it. Figure out what works for you. You know what I mean? Again, guiding your partner, all of that as well. But just because an experience doesn't result in an orgasm doesn't mean it's some kind of failure necessarily, right? Yeah. Well, and also too, I think I had this conversation with one of my girlfriends the other day. Um, sizes of orgasms. Mm-hmm. Not everything is like fireworks. And, you know, all of this kind of, like, sometimes you have, I call them baby orgasms. (laughs) Like, they're, like, little ones. Um, Exactly. can we talk a little bit about that? Because I think, especially in men and even in some women, it's like, oh, I didn't have an orgasm unless it's, like, ginormous and this huge thing and whatnot. Right. Well, orgasms in general, I think, for women are more complicated right? Because there's a lot of aspects, like you mentioned, the mental aspect of it, you're, you can't have your mind distracted by 10 million other things, you have to be like in it for the moment. Um, It has to be comfortable, again, making sure you've got a good lubricant, it's not, there's no discomfort, sex should never be painful, we can come Mm. back to that later. Um, But um, from an orgasm standpoint, you can't orgasm if you're uncomfortable or in pain or distracted, right? You have to be really in it. That's a lot. That's a lot to require. Um, So, you know, even just recognizing all of that and really celebrating the big ones when you get them. Great. That's amazing. Um, but you're right. There's some, there's a lot of other waves of pleasure that may come that you can totally enjoy and why not? Right. Like it doesn't have to be that those are, you know, again, failures for any reason. Yes. And obviously communicate with your partner. Cause I know right. there's going to be egos involved because yeah. especially if you're used to something being a certain way and it, it goes to the left. <laughs> uh, you know, I always find having a sense of humor works. Uh, right. right. Um, and I also think like, you know, there's all, and then I'll, I think a lot of women are also, um, then they feel almost pressured to fake it. Oh my gosh. Serving you. Oh right? my gosh. So, so much, so much. Cause they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And okay. Can we, we're going to talk about these two things. We're going to talk about this. And then I want to talk about how sex should never be painful, but can we talk a little bit about like how women feel pressured or like even men, I feel like men sometimes feel pressure. Like, cause there are certain times when like, I don't know, men might be on a certain medicine or whatever. Right. It makes it harder for them to climax or even right. to actually get an erection or anything like that. So I mean, it goes both ways. So absolutely, how, let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah. And again, I think that's, again, really important to just be open and honest about and being able to share that, you know what, I this is something I enjoy. I'm not going to climax every time. It's not anything that you do. It's just because that's my body. I tap out every now and then and I just can't get it. <laughs> not a big deal. It's still having fun. Right. And, but I, the, but the point of like trying to fake it doesn't serve anybody because I think it's misleading and you're still left on, you know, you're potentially unsatisfied or annoyed that you had to fake it, whatever. There's like, All there's no positive feeling around <laughs> that. Right. Like, so for either person, especially if they, so it's just a matter of like, I think being open and honest about those things, being like forward about the fact that, yeah, you know what? medications or 
doesn't mean anything is wrong with either party or that, you know, you're not attractive enough or you're not sexy enough or you're not doing the right things. Um, I think it's important to point that out. The other thing is that orgasms are complicated for women because our anatomy is more complicated, right? Like mm. there's different types of orgasms. There's different ways to orgasm. There's uh, pleasure points kind of all over internal, external, you know, whether it's clitoral or deep penetration, all these different things that make it a lot more complex and very unique for each woman. So I think that's another reason. Um, highly encourage a bit of self-exploration to figure it out. Um, what works for you? What what does it for you? You know what I mean? And then being able to guide a partner there because they're not going to be able to guess that, right? No, and I mean- I'm just using some like cookie cutter version <laughs> you literally just described the like all the how complex having you know an orgasm is for a woman and it literally just reminded me of a rubik's cube yeah. <laughs> it's true. like it's really that complex because we all yeah. be a little different and and you know what there's another layer to that too just that again our whole bodies have areas that are sensitive and erogenous zones like you can also guide people to explore other areas. It doesn't always have to be all, you know, internal, external, genital contact, all that stuff down south. Like, I mean, it could be whether it's your neck or your back or certain types of touch. I mean, anything, right? Could just be kissing. I mean, whatever it is that helps you kind of improve upon that pleasure, like that's what you want to be focused on. So focusing on that, that's another, somebody I spoke to recently was talking about that, focusing on the pleasure, not just the end goal of an orgasm. Um, and that could be really satisfying. Absolutely. And I, I mean, we spend our whole lives trying to chase the dang goal. So <laughs> why don't we just enjoy the process of at least one thing, right? Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, Let's talk about how sex should never be painful and what to do if it is. Oh my gosh. So that's a big one for me. Again, as a gynecologist, I see many instances, many um, gynecologic conditions, sexual dysfunction issues, all sorts of things where hormonal you know, changes, medications, whatever that lead to sex being painful. Mm. Um, and it shouldn't be because that just sets off a whole cascade of negative for your whole body, mental and physical. Yeah. First things first, it should, again, it should be smooth, frictionless. There shouldn't cause any injury and it shouldn't result in, you know, um, irritation or pain or, you know, things like that afterwards. Um, frequent UTIs and infection afterwards, irritation, burning, whatever, like that stuff shouldn't happen afterwards either, but even then during the act of, and again, this idea of like feeling pressure to please, you shouldn't push through it either, right? Like pushing through it and just dealing with the pain is not, you know, it's not going to serve you in the end. It's not going to be beneficial in the end at all. And the thing that happens is, and this is really interesting and I've seen it happen and many women with different kind of con- conditions is that it starts off being painful. All right. You try to tweak it. You try to do some adjustments. It's still painful. Mm-hmm. Um, you are kind of either embarrassed that it's painful or you don't know who to talk to because it is. So you kind of just put up with it. It keeps being painful. Then you don't want it anymore because why would you want something? Why would you want to do something that's painful and uncomfortable? Right? Like your bodies, we're just not built that way. Um, we don't, so, I mean, then there goes your libido. And then when you do have sex, your body tenses and braces 
kind of in anticipation of that pain, because now you've taught it that this is a painful thing, right? So you're braced for it. And then that only builds the pain issue further. And then there are tons of women, unfortunately, that basically develop a condition called vaginismus where their muscles basically contract and then sex is painful. And then even when it's not painful, when you try to correct all the other things, it's still really tight because it's anticipating that. And then you got to work that back. You got to like untrain those muscles, retrain them back to neutral. And that's a whole process, right? Like it's almost like those muscles are a bit traumatized from having to having been in pain for so long. So it's, it, again, never leads to anything good. Mm. Um, it's one thing if it's uncomfortable once or twice. It's another thing if it's consistently uncomfortable and you should absolutely go see someone, talk to someone, figure out why um, and figure out what's behind it and then how you can correct it before it gets out of hand. Someone being clearly like OBGYN. Yeah, a gynecologist. Ideally somebody (laughs) who you're comfortable talking to about sex. Um, You know what I mean? Because that too can be sometimes a little bit hard to find. Um, So seeking out somebody who um, is open to that kind of stuff and who is, you know, um, interested in and specializes in the focused GYN side of things and also like sexual dysfunction and painful sex, all those kinds of things that could be going on related to that. So yeah, absolutely. Mm. That's so intriguing to me because I can only imagine like your body bracing yourself. I mean, like I'm a person who has like anxiety and sometimes when I get like super stressed, I feel like I have to white knuckle through things. And so I'm like, oh, that's like what your vagina's doing. <laughs> like, ouch. Exactly. Yeah. Because it is, it's like a stress reaction, right? Like, cause it's like a stressful thing. Um, and that shouldn't be the case. And I, it's like women of all ages deal with it. Right. Um, vaginal dryness is one of the biggest things. There's so many things that cause that of all ages. Um, something as simple as medications like birth control can cause vaginal dryness. Really? Right? Yeah, absolutely. After having a baby, the hormone changes that you go through, um, as you get closer to perimenopause and menopause, which actually happens sometimes as early as our early to mid forties. Like it's not, mm. you know what I mean? Like these are very, like not very like distant times in our lives. These things happen one after another. Right. Um, and so there's very common instances where these things happen and you can, not realize that that's not normal or that should be corrected or that there are things that you can do to improve upon that without talking. Oh my gosh. Like how complex the women's like sexual health is, is like a little, that's that's a little nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Like like the way you were just like describing, you're like, oh yeah. And then like, you know, just think about it. It's like your puberty, it's like puberty, you know, hormones changing. Then it's like your twenties and your thirties. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know. I'm a big skincare fan. So I feel like my dermatologist told me like every 10 years, you're going to need a new skincare routine. So it's like, I kind of feel like every couple of, every like five to 10 years, your hormones are just going to completely switch. They do. They change (laughs) up. You're not wrong. So, I mean, and again, and from a, you know, sexual wellness standpoint, right. I a hundred percent believe that everyone should be able to have comfortable, fun, pleasurable sex for their whole lives, right? Like mm. from the time that they're ready to be sexually active to the time they die. <laughs> so there's no point in time that that shouldn't be the case. And so you have to, just like your skincare routine, you have to tend to that, right? You have to figure out what works for you. It might change every few years, what works for you, what you enjoy, what you're open to, whether you know it's you're talking about sexual acts or positions or whatever, or what 
you find pleasure in and what makes you orgasm to, do you need additional products? Do you want to try out some sex toys? Like, do you want to, you know what I mean? Like it just takes a little bit of exploration. And I think a lot of people just take good sex, maybe sometimes for granted. And then they, when things change up on them, they don't expect it to change up on them. And they sometimes like kind of let it go as well. And I think a lot of women are expected to let it go because we're not supposed to be focused on sex. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that is what the culture tells us. right? Right. And then at the same time too, I feel like every woman knows this. Like if you're not, if you're not feeling it, you're not feeling it. Yeah. Like, especially after, after the act, if you're just like, Meh, like, it wasn't good. Okay. It wasn't good. Some direction is needed. <laughs> exactly. And that comes from, you know, both sides as far as the, you know, your partner need, needing direction. And then you also maybe trying to having to figure out, you know what, that doesn't work for me anymore. I think I got to figure out what, what does, what changed, what's going on. Okay, I always love to leave our audience with a little bit of action, words of wisdom, that kind of stuff. So if you were to give maybe a few tips as to what women should consider when it comes to their health and sexual health, um, what they need to be aware of or anything like that, what would it be? Ooh, Um. I think the biggest one is about that pleasure piece of it, right? If you focus on that, everything else is going to fall in line, right? Because if if pleasure is your focus, you're not going to tolerate if it's painful. Mm. You know what I mean? If you're if it's something's not working for you, you're going to direct your partner to make it better, or you're going to figure out what's changed about your body. So I think pleasure is should be the goal. It shouldn't be orgasm. You know, it shouldn't be you know, pleasing the other person. It should just be you being able to enjoy this act and really getting a lot out of it because it's for you. It's for your body. Yes, absolutely. Consent, you know, both parties here. Um, Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to say thank you so much for enjoy, like coming here and educating myself and our audience. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping Slay Nation that you guys you know, use this lovely reminder, this (laughs) notification before you embark on the end of cuffing season into the summer shenanigans. Um, (laughs) Practice being healthy, especially sexually. Uh, Where can people find you and follow you before we totally sign off? Sure. Um, So uh, Dr. Matthews GYN is my Instagram handle. And then you can also find me on helloplayground.com. Um, as their medical advisor, there's a column called Office Hours with Dr. Sharma, where I'm able to answer questions about sexual health. Oh, love that. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, Slay Nation, we'll catch you later. <laughs> <laughs>